spiritual formation podcast for Focus staff, students, and friends. I'm Jessica, Focus's Manager of Spiritual Formation, and I'm here today with our National Chaplain, Father John Ignatius. Great to see you again, Father. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. It's always a great joy to be with you. So I wanted to talk to you today about perfectionism. I feel like this is something that a lot of our missionaries and our students struggle with especially when they read in the Gospels, be you perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And then they're told, well, you shouldn't be a perfectionist in your spiritual life and you should rely on God's strength rather than your own strength. And so I think this causes a lot of confusion and anxiety and it ends up negatively impacting people's spiritual lives. I'm sure you've seen that a lot too in spiritual direction and confession. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I saw that a lot and I saw that also in the mirror many times, you know, (laughs) kind of, I mean, it's a great topic and it's only for students and missionaries. I think that a lot of people in in various degrees can experience that uh, perfectionism. So it's a great topic and and your question is, is very, very, very good. You know, uh, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I cannot just do all the interpretation of what Jesus said. But I think uh, even using common sense and a little bit of theology, we can understand that, of course, Jesus never said you have to be like God because it is impossible. Okay. I mean, God, uh, Jesus says, well, be like the Father. Well, the Father is infinite. It's simple. It's perfection itself. So that is something that in itself is impossible for any of us because we are finite. We are imperfect. So I think that what we have to understand here is that the Lord is setting a very high ideal, which I think is not the perfectionist or you got to do everything perfect because also that is impossible because given that we are finite, that we are imperfect, that we are not God, we will never achieve a perfect perfection if we want to use that term. I think what the Lord is saying is you can always grow. When he says, you you have to be perfect like the Heavenly Father is perfect, is you can always strive for more. It's kind of, you know, when St. Bernard speaks about uh, loving God, he says the measure of loving God is to love him without measure. Of course, we will always have a measure because we are limited. But the idea is to always grow in our love for God. And I will make the analogy with this expression of our Lord. The ideal is to always be growing in our perfection. Now, what is perfection? Does it mean that we don't make any mistakes? Of course not, because we will make mistakes. Does it mean that we never sin? Unfortunately, it doesn't mean that we never sin, because we will sin. The perfect person is the one who, when they sin, they go to confession and and receive God's mercy, and they keep going. The perfect person is the one who, when they make a mistake, they acknowledge that mistake, they try to fix it, they apologize, and keep going. So I, I think that is the key. Uh, this desire to always grow and, and to keep running. The, the saint is not the one who never falls. He's the one who, when they fall, they just get back up and they continue running, right? Yeah, I think that one of the things that you're pointing out here, which is so key, is that Jesus is saying, be you perfect. And he means a perfect human being. And human beings are finite, just as you were saying. And so To be a perfect human being, I think, means recognizing in my humanness how much I need God, how I rely on him for everything. It's not that you have to do everything perfectly. When I was in the convent, we had a sister who was very young when she entered. She entered right out of high school, and she started reading the scriptures, and she read, Be You Perfect?, 
And she thought that that meant that she had to do everything perfectly. And she was learning how to sew and she wasn't very good at it. And she burst into tears one day because she thought, I'm never going to be able to do what Jesus commands me to do because I just can't learn how to sew. And that had such a negative effect in her spiritual life because it meant that she was always coming up short. Exactly. And you know, this is one of the main things that show what perfectionism is. So if somebody wants to know, am I a perfectionist? Do I have a perfectionist trait or something? I think that uh, the first thing to look at is, do I feel any anxiety when I'm doing something? I think that anxiety is always this uh, manifestation of perfectionism because we will see that we are not perfect. Because as you say, it's important, it's impossible to be perfect. So when we are striving for perfection, which is something different, uh, and we see that we can't reach that ideal of perfection that we created for ourselves, we get anxious. So that anxiety can never, never come from God. God always encourages the soul. And once I heard, I think it was Father Mike Schmitz actually saying something like this, that in, in our Christian life, there's never failure, okay? The, the only failure would be for us to end up in hell. But as long as we're alive, we never fail. We learn. We learn that maybe this is not the way to do something. This is the way to do something. So it's always when we when we make a mistake, it's always a, a, an opportunity for learning to for us to say, well, there's another way in which I can do this, or maybe God wants to teach me something uh, different here. So anxiety is one of the most clear proofs that one can be falling into perfectionism if they haven't fallen yet into perfectionism. When you hear confessions, do you ever hear people confess perfectionism or is it more like you hear them talking about their sins and then you start diagnosing perfectionism for them? Usually people don't realize that they are perfectionists. That is why I would say spiritual direction is so important because there is a, a, a wrong idea of what perfection is and, and, and they have the best intention. I mean, I can speak for myself. I am very open about that. Uh, I, I, I was always tending to do things well and I was I am very hard on myself many times and you know until I realized this is not what the Lord wants because I was always in this tension kind of saying wow uh, I will never get to do this in this perfect way and you know by reading St. Faustina's diary and other books uh, about perfectionism but St. Faustina's diary I love because she's so simple so I mean she helped me a lot uh, by the simplicity with which she talked to Jesus. And that actually helped in my own perfectionism. I always say that I am a perfectionist in recovery. So, and I say that openly, uh, because I think that that helped me understand people and I, I can relate to people because it is surprising how many people suffer from perfectionism without knowing it. So going back to your question, usually, uh, well, some people, I mean, with experience and spiritual direction will say, I am a perfectionist. Perfectionist, which is not a sin, by the way. So I don't think that people have to confess that if, if, if they find out they're perfectionists. I mean, it, it, it's a trait that we want to correct and to fix in our spiritual life with prayer, with grace, with spiritual direction. But usually what you see is uh, people who are talking about how they fail here and there and they get anxious about it and they get discouraged and they say, I will never become a saint. And then you see, mm, this sounds kind of perfectionism. And what you have to do is to show them that the Lord is always encouraging them to be better, but that we are expected to, quote unquote, fail. We are expected to sin, which we talked about this in the past. It's kind of Jesus 
instituted seven sacraments and one is confession because he knows that unfortunately we are going to sin because we're weak. So again, the perfect person is not the one who never sins, but the one who acknowledges uh, that imperfection and goes to God. Because in the end, what we want is that union with God. There are saints that are a, a product, a fruit of, of God's mercy. So are they less perfect than others? No, they're saints. So they're canonized saints. They're in heaven. And they, are ple- and they please God by just going to him. So I think it's this simplicity of uh, embracing who we are and always obviously trying to be better. Once I read this phrase, uh, perfection is not a precondition for a relationship with God. And it gave me mm. so much peace, uh, even in my own prayer. You know, when, when, when I go to pray and when I make mistakes, I mean, as a priest, I make mistakes, I commit sins, I go to confession, like all of you guys. And, you know, I say, well, Jesus, I, I'm weak, but I feel free to talk to him because I accept my imperfection. And I know that Jesus accepted. And of course, I want to be better. And I ask the Lord for, for his grace for that. That is a really powerful phrase. Could you say that again? Perfection is not a precondition for a relationship with God. I could see that that would be really freeing for people to hear because people can get into the mindset when I overcome all of these sins, then I can have a relationship with God or even the subtle thought like, well, the relationship will be better once I fix all the things that I need to fix. And I think that people don't realize that they get into self-reliance and they start distancing themselves from God, trying to work on themselves, when really the only way that we are going to become perfect, that we're going to become holy, is relationship with God. Absolutely. You know, something that I, I, I see and I always share with people when I talk to them is even when you commit a sin, you know, sometimes when we sin, we feel kind of embarrassed and it's good. I mean, we should be embarrassed because we sin, obviously, but we shouldn't be ashamed in a sense that we we cannot present ourselves before God. So when you sin, what should you do? Oh my gosh, I sinned. I can't go to my holy hour before I go to confession. I cannot. Do... No, no, no. Go to your holy hour. Show up and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I will go to confession as soon as I can. And then you go into your holy hour as if you were the most pure angel in, in, in heaven, you know, because I mean, you want to be yourself. So just be free in the sense, yeah, you sin, you acknowledge your sin, you ask Jesus to forgive you, and then, yeah, you will have to go to confession. But in the meantime, you can still have that relationship. Moreover, the Lord will be so pleased that you are being yourself. Uh, you are not putting up a persona, you know, to present yourself before God. Kind of like, this is me, the holy person. No, you are. I'm, this is Father John, the sinner. Here I am, you know. And I, I think that is so freeing. Again, this, of course, doesn't mean presumption. Kind of, I do whatever, and God will forgive me, or uh, I don't care. No, no. We do care. We have to try to avoid sin because we love God and we don't want to offend him. But in the meantime, as we try, as we, we, we try to grow, we have to accept who we are and go to Jesus like that. Because perfection is not a precondition for a relationship with him. And, you know, I think that perfectionism can sometimes be the result of looking more at ourselves than at God. Um, have you ever seen the movie? It's an American movie, uh, The Karate Kid. It's kind of older. Well, actually, I know that I saw it, but I don't remember. I was a kid. So. Okay, so I was a kid too. Um, but uh, I remember in this movie, there's uh, an older person teaching a young boy karate. 
And he teaches him the moves over and over and over again. And the kid keeps messing up, but the older man is patient with him. And he loves teaching this boy how to become like himself, to become a master at karate. And when he messes up, he just tells him, okay, no, this time, try kicking higher or, you know, something like that. But he just helps him and he encourages him and he shows him, okay, here's how you're going to succeed. Try again. And more and more in my spiritual life, I kind of see that as an image of God. Like, yes, I feel that uh, sorrow when I sin and, you know, the embarrassment. But when I look at Jesus more than my sins, I feel like he's trying to encourage me and he's showing me, Okay, you did well. Now here's what you need to do to overcome that sin this next time. Jess, what you are saying is so, so important. We have to look at Jesus. Perfectionism, what it does is, I mean, to make us look at ourselves. Because it is about us. It's about how strong we are, how strong our will is, how much we can do, how perfect we are. And it's about us. When in reality, it's about Jesus. When we want to be perfect like the Heavenly Father is perfect, what is that? It's the imitation of Christ. We want to be like Him because we love Him. So perfectionism, in the end, is a consequence of pride. Let us be honest. We want to be perfect because we don't want to fail. And that is pride. So once we embrace our imperfection, not only will that be freeing, but it will make us more humble. It will make us go to Jesus as we are and ask for help. I think that perfectionism brings anxiety, brings suffering, but also, I mean, it's a source of pride. And yeah, that's why we cannot grow in spiritual life. Now, it's important for everyone who is listening to this. And maybe you say, oh my God, I am a perfectionism, a perfectionist. Well, first thing, welcome to the club. No worries. <laughs> it is possible. It's very possible to overcome it. And the, fir the first condition and the main condition is humility. To say, yeah, this is how I am and I don't want to be that way. It's okay if I make mistakes. You know why? You know why this self-reliance is, so, reliance is so bad? Because in the end, perfectionism makes us believe that we have to earn God's love. And that is a heresy, by the way, because God loves us. St. John says in his first letter, he loved us first. So we don't need to earn his love. We don't need to perform in a certain way uh, to be accepted by God or even worse, to earn his grace. So the harder, the better. The more perfect I am, the more grace I will receive. Grace is, is free. It's a gift. So we ask for grace and, and we don't deserve it. We just beg for grace. And God will give us the grace because he wants us to be saints and he wants us to, to grow. But uh, perfectionism is that uh, concern about if I'm not do I'm not doing the right thing constantly, if I'm not perfect, if I, I'm not in this constant tension, God will not love me. He will not accept me. And that is something that is very present in our society. Why? Because in sports, in school, in social life, we have, we have to always excel. And if we don't excel, people don't accept us. If we don't have a lot of likes on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or whatever social media you want to talk about, we, are, we feel that we are not accepted. And that is not true. And way less with God. He already accepts us because that is where we are alive. That is where we exist. So I think that, I mean, that acceptance us of, I mean, God loves me already and I don't need to earn his love is the first uh, condition. I am how I am, and, and God accepts me, so that destroys perfectionism in itself. Yeah, that's a good point that social media has really exploded in the past I don't know, 10, 15 years, and it's increased dramatically how much we compare ourselves to other people. And comparison is probably one of the things that feeds perfectionism. 
I want to be like other people. But I could see where people would get confused with, uh, am I being a perfectionist or am I striving for excellence? Because that's a virtue that we promote in focus. You should strive for excellence. So I guess my questions for you are one, like you said that most people aren't really aware that they are struggling with perfectionism. So how did you become aware of that in your own life? Well, I think the first thing is the anxiety that we talked about at the beginning. I think that perfectionists feel that anxiety uh, sooner or later because they see that they cannot be the expectations that they have about themselves. So they're always in this, they feel a burden, you know, I have to do more, I have to be better. And, and they're never happy because they're never satisfied. So I think the first way to uh, diagnose perfectionism is that anxiety. I think that the perfectionist uh, can never be completely happy. I mean, of course, they will have happy moments. But I think that if you feel that you're not happy with yourself uh, and, and you're always in, in anxious and you're always depending on what people think about you and eventually what God thinks about you in a bad way because you think that you have to earn his love. I mean, yeah, there will be uh, traits of perfectionism. So self-examination, you know, I mean, knowing oneself is the best thing. And then I would suggest if you think that there might be something of that in you, just go to a spiritual director. Somebody from the outside will will immediately notice if there is perfectionism in, in a person. And so maybe somebody struggles with perfectionism and they're in focus and they're always hearing about striving for excellence and we need to strive for excellence that could really quickly exacerbate the perfectionism. So how can somebody who has that tendency still strive for excellence? I would say, you know, the way to understand this pursuit of excellence is do your best, period. You know, uh, the, the best is not the same for every person. And, and that is something normal. Jesus in the gospel speaks of, for example, people who, who receive different amount of talents. So, I mean, for the one who received 10, I mean, he will be able to make more than the one who received three, for example. So if I know myself, in, and I know in all, I mean, in all sincerity, I'm doing my best, you know, why should I compare myself to my teammate or to this other person over there or that other student or, or, or my brother or my sister who, oh, they are more popular or they, are, do I, they, they, they get straight A's or whatever. Well, what are you doing? You know, because imagine that you have, you received five talents and another received 10 talents. So with your, with your five talents, you make five more. But the other one with the 10 talents re is making eight more. So you are being better than the other person in a certain way because you are putting everything you have to serve the Lord. The other person who received more talents is not putting everything because he could or she could have made more. So, Comparison always comes from the evil one, okay? So that's no good comparison. When we see another person excel, we can admire that. We can be inspired. That is what we do with the saints. We don't compare ourselves with the saints. We say, wow, I would like to be like them as much as I can. So I admire St. John Vianney, for example, patron of priests. I would love to be like them, like him. But I'm not there yet, you know, but I... I I try. I mean, I admire him, and, and as much as I can, I do what he did, and and I don't. Actually, <laughs> I have to confess. But the thing is, don't compare yourself to anyone. So going back to the question between the difference between perfectionism and striving for excellence, I would say striving for excellence means do the best you can, do what you can. 
And sometimes even the best will be more or less because it will depend on how you're feeling, the circumstances. There's so many factors that affect you. So don't, don't have an objective, you know, um, kind of expectation because that varies also. So if you're a missionary, if you're a student, just do your best. Just do your best. And there will be days in which you will have to rest more or you will need, you know, more leisure or less. So depending, just know yourself, accept yourself, but always have that idea of I would try to do my best at every time, which not necessarily will be the same as the best of another person. Well, as you're speaking, I'm just reminded of another scripture verse, um, whether eating or drinking or whatever you do, do everything out of love for God. And that seems to me to be the heart of doing your best is I want to complete this task well, but I also really want to do the task out of love for God and not just because it needs to get done. Exactly. Because otherwise, what is it? I'm thinking about myself, my success. I want to succeed. I want to be perfect. And the key here is we want to please God. We want to glorify God. We want God to see us and to say, wow, this son of mine, this daughter of mine really loves me because they're doing what they can. So you want, when you die, when we die, we want to present ourselves before Jesus and say, Jesus, here I am. I was not perfect, but I did what I could. And you know that. You know that I love you. And I think that that way, I mean, I, I just can't imagine... Jesus' smile at that moment and just the big hug that he will give us. Because if we are able to say that, who cares about anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that you have dealt with this all the time with directees over the years. But what's your advice for overcoming perfectionism? First, humility. Okay, just accept yourself. Know that you are going to, quote unquote, fail if we use failure as, you know, making mistakes or something like that. So it's part of life. We are expected to be that way. So acceptance of oneself is the first condition, and that is humility. And then go to Christ. Because precisely because we are imperfect, we want to go to him for help, for grace. And then simplicity. Uh, as I said before, uh, one of my greatest takeaways of reading uh, St. Faustina's diary was the simplicity with which she talked to Jesus. It was so funny. I mean, sometimes, I mean, even their arguments between her and Jesus, you know, it's so funny. And, and how Jesus responds with no problem at all. So our simplicity. So just go to your prayer and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I messed up. So with all simplicity. And to know that, you know, Jesus also can use our mistakes for our holiness and the holiness of other people. Because mm -hmm. in the end, God is behind everything and everyone. So even if we make a mistake, God will use it for our good if we are trying our best. Imagine that you have to discern something in your life and you, and, and you make the decision. And there's always this I mean, question, what if I make a mistake? The answer to that question is if you make a mistake, but you have the right intention and you're doing your best, God will go will fix it. So uh, I think that is the best way against perfectionism. Just to say, to go to God and say, this is who I am. And you are my God. I trust you. You love me already. I don't need to earn your, your, your grace, your love, your approval. Here I am, Lord. This is who I am. And I'm open. I'm opening my heart to you. I think that that is so freeing. And guys, 
I'm talking for, from experience. I mean, the moment I was able to do that, I, I, I received that peace from, from heaven to say, yeah, I mean, this is who I am and I, I can tell Jesus that I'm trying, you know. Otherwise, it was good. I'm not the perfect priest. I mean, what if I died now? Because my intention was not completely pure when I did this or that. And that can happen to all of you guys. I mean, it happens to, it happened to me as a priest. and it happened, So it, it's normal. So what to do? Well, I will try to be better next time. Jesus, give me your grace. I need you because on my own, I can't do it. That is so freeing. And also, we will grow because the Lord will, will give us his grace when he sees our humility. And as you're talking, I guess, like, I just have one more thing that I think would be a tip for helping people who struggle with perfectionism is just learning how to laugh at yourself. (laughs) You've read the Screwtape Letters, haven't you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that book. But there's one scene where the man has become humble. And so the demons are trying to tempt him away from humility, which is so powerful in our spiritual lives. And so the older demon says to the younger one, okay, what I want you to do is make him all of a sudden aware, oh, I've become humble. And then when he does that, he'll try to correct himself and say, well, I don't have this virtue. And then say, oh, look at how humble you are for correcting yourself about becoming humble. And each time he humbles himself, make him proud of it. But don't do it so many times that he'll laugh at himself. Because if he has a sense of humor about his own faults, then you'll never be able to tempt him that way. When we are able to laugh at ourselves means, yeah, it's not about our perfection or perfectionism. It's about God working in us. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, God finds our imperfections and he can fix them. So uh, again, the saint is not the one who never falls. It is one who falls, but then gets up and continues walking or even running. Words to live by. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us about perfectionism today. Could we close with a blessing? Of course. It was, it was a joy, and I hope that, yeah, this helps many people who, who are listening. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give praise, give you praise and, and, and thanks for all the gifts you have given us. We ask you to open our hearts to receive your grace and to remember that you love us no matter what, so that when the evil one comes to tempt us, with perfectionism or anxiety, we may surrender ourselves to you and put everything in your hands. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. Thanks, everybody, for listening.